There is no such thing as conservatism without a morality and ethics based on biblical foundations. All you have otherwise is libertarianism, which is ultimately self-law, or leftism, which is demonic, or some flaky kind of neoconservatism, which is really leftism with slightly better economics. We must declare and advocate for a true conservatism that honors God and establishes laws that comport with the Word of God and the way the world has been designed to function. At times, this can be costly. So we want to talk with Josh Alexander about some of those costs and what Christians should think about doing and being involved with in order to establish Christ's justice and righteousness in Canada. We'll also look at the CPC convention this past weekend in Quebec, and we'll offer our assessment and critique. Oh, and by the way, if our unelected administrative state has anything to do with it, COVID will be a forever boogeyman. It's September 14th. I'm Angie Bartolo. That's Matt Halleck. This is Liberty Dispatch. Hey, hey, and welcome back to Liberty Dispatch, broadcasting across enemy lines into the Canadian culture wars. We're so thankful that you've joined us yet again on the program. As always, we want to remind you that our programs are brought to you by the partnership of Christian Week and Liberty Coalition Canada. LCC exists to proclaim Christ's righteousness and justice and defend those who stand for just that. And uh, Christian Week exists to provide a practical, balanced, hope-filled perspective on national and global issues. If you would like to support our programming, we would ask that you would donate today at our website, liberatecoalitioncanada.com. You can scan that helpful QR code. It'll take you right there. Click on the analysis show box. Leave a donation that is tax refundable. We would really appreciate it. We need to, especially in the climate that we exist in, in Canada today, be able to promote and defend and support independent media that will actually do the job of holding our government officials uh, accountable. So if you want to see us continue to grow, please help support us in that way. LibertyCoalitionCanada.com slash donate. All things LCC can be found over on our webpage, LibertyCoalitionCanada.com. We just want to remind you of that resource. Please sign up for our email list at the bottom of the page to get all our emails. Stay in contact with us directly, especially in this climate. Also, our shows are on the Fight, Laugh, Feast Network, FLFnetwork.com, and their helpful new app that is slick. It looks great. Our programs are going up there. Pub TV, search Pub TV at Google Play or your Apple App Store so you can get our programming on demand, even if not in demand, on demand from the stores there. So we would really, really appreciate you go over and do that. Andrew, a mailbag question for today. By the way, they are in demand. Our yeah. shows are well, definitely yeah. in demand. <laughs> it's uh, it's it's they're in demand the same way that very very strong medicine is in demand. <laughs> it might not be that there are lots and lots of people in the country, the majority of the country, who is actively seeking out the strong medicine, but it's the <laughs> only thing that can deal with the illness. And so we are in super <laughs> high demand. 
as far so as that's not, concerned. Let's, let's not downplay ourselves. Okay, so <laughs> mailbag question. What did you think about the Conservative Party of Canada convention in Quebec this last weekend? Let us know your thoughts, your comments, your questions. Maybe there's something you want us to address or discuss. Reach out to us, mailbag at libertycoalitioncanada.com. I have a friend who is a fairly large personality in the Canadian political Christian conservative world who sent me their thoughts on the CPC convention. <laughs> and uh, they weren't they weren't good thoughts. So I'll ask said person if I have permission to share some of these thoughts <laughs> next week, but yeah. they were of the spicy variety. And uh, <laughs> well, to have one person, it was unsolicited too. They reached out to me saying, "Have you been following this? Here's <laughs> here are my thoughts." Long. Thread. Well, Andrew, I'm looking forward to having this conversation because, uh, you know, I I exist in many conservative circles uh, and and different chats and. The the opposite tack um, has been taken from some groups, right? They were really excited about uh, things that happened in the CBC. And I think that's going to highlight the tension of, of the moment in conservative circles in our nation. So you're definitely going to want to stick around for that conversation. A couple of announcements before we move on. Some events we want to bring to your attention. First of all, October 23rd and 24th, those two evenings, we will be, Lord willing, filming live episodes of our podcasts. On the 23rd, we're going to be at Trinity Bible Chapel in Waterloo. And on the 24th, we're going to be at Trinity Baptist Church in Burlington, both nights from 7.30 to 9.30. Mike, Look Tim, you. Matt, and again, as long as the new <laughs> twinsies don't Lord come willing. at... The wrong time. Day of Valencia. I will be there in person <laughs> as well. The cost mm-hmm. is $25 per person. More info is coming soon in terms of where you can sign up and register. We hope to have some special guests. It's going to be a good time whether I'm there in person or digitally. <laughs> we also want to bring to your attention, as we have been, the Spark Leadership Conference happening October 31st to November 1st in beautiful South Carolina. It hopes to... It- hopes to spark the American church into flame as they testify about walking according to the word of God in the context of a secular totalitarianism and exposing Christians to great teaching and godly examples. Speakers will include our own Michael Thiessen, Dr. Joe Boot, pastors Tim Stevens and Nate Wright, who is the Canadian director for the Ezra Institute, and our own chief litigator, James Kitchen. Tickets are $50. They are available at Spark conferences.org would you ever purchase a home without seeing it first of course not your family home is a long-term investment in your family's future that requires careful consideration and research it's time to think about your other investments the same way rocklink investment partners carefully researches each and every security they place in your portfolio They focus on creating portfolios of high-quality assets customized to your needs of protecting and growing your wealth efficiently and ethically. Say goodbye to cookie-cutter strategies from firms that do not share your values. Give our friends at Rocklink a call at 905-631-5462 or send them an email, info at rocklink.com, or you can visit them, www.rocklink.com. That's link with a C. 
Our guest today needs little to no introduction. He's a young man who loves the Lord and has been punished by a high school administration and a school board for standing on biblical principles, namely that God has created humanity with a sexual binary, males and females, which the entire world has known up until five minutes ago. And also there's no switching between them. So for that, he's being punished. Josh Alexander, thank you so much for joining us on Liberty Dispatch. It's always good to have you with us. Thanks for taking the time. Good to see you, buddy. Yeah, thanks for having me on yet again. So, Josh, we've had a little bit of a win in court recently. We've been posting on social media. There might be some people who may not know what's going on or who might have seen that and liked it and shared it, but just kind of saw the headline and haven't really looked into what this means. So tell our audience about the decision that was given from the Ontario Superior Court regarding the petition to now have you appeal your suspension separate from parental representation. Yeah, so um, way back in uh, December, January, February, um, it actually went on until about the end of August there, there was a debate between me and the school about whether I had standing to um, appeal my any disciplinary actions taken against me. Every student has a right to appeal these decisions, but it usually has to be done um, by the parents on the student's behalf. Um, However, I withdrew from parental control, um, and I wish to do this on my own. Now, the school refused to recognize that, and they rather um, that my parents would make the appeal. Um, And uh, for those who don't know, there is a time limit to make that appeal, and it's 20 days. So after I get suspended, I have 20 days um, to make an appeal and make a complaint. Um, so we uh, would have not been able to make any appeals at all because my parents didn't make that appeal within the 20 days as I had withdrawn from parental control um, and they refused to allow me to make it. Um, so that's where we found ourselves in the Superior Court of Justice. Um, and uh, we we just won here about... Uh, seven months later in uh in the in court and uh now the school will have to hear uh, my appeals on two suspensions and the trespassing notice as well as the exclusions that have come our way um so, so just out of, just out of curiosity does it reset the 20-day thing or now it's whenever the now the now the court timer? has ruled now the court has ruled that they they have to hear my appeals. The twenty okay. day deadline is over. That's that's yep. come and gone. Mm-hmm. But um, it was because of them that I was not able to do it within those twenty days. And now the court has ruled that they have to hear my appeal. Mm-hmm. It's interesting to me that these schools would be trying to deny you the right to appeal a suspension uh, because they want you to remain under parental control and consent to do that. But if it were to come to trans the kids, they wouldn't want you to be under parental cons- uh, consent and control in, in that way. So when it comes to actually appealing and, and sticking up for your rights, they don't want that. When it comes to indoctrinating you into a cult, they w- they would be for that so that's that's quite crazy and on that topic josh i know that you've done some a lot of activism you've been out on the streets boots on the ground with you and and your brother and a a few friends as well you've done the education over indoctrination uh huge rally in ottawa and you have two 
upcoming events this September, one on the 20th, one on the 22nd. So can you tell our listeners what's that about? How how can they get involved? Give us the lowdown on these two new events coming up. Yeah, so um, on the 20th is the Million Man March. Um, I've I've, uh, thrown my support behind that, and I would highly recommend that all Canadians and anybody uh, who may be uh, uh, in a country that is holding this event, because I know it's also happening in Europe, and then there will be one in D.C. as well. Um, This this march is uh, meant to bring people together from all across the world, um, united against the the gender ideology we're seeing in the school boards. Um, So uh, I will certainly be taking part in that. I'll be in Ottawa for the 20th um, on Parliament Hill. Uh, it'll be get a gathering around nine, and I think we march at eleven. Um, and then uh, on the twenty second um, is the event that uh, myself and Chris Elston will be heading up in Toronto, and that's the education over indoctrination two point um, We did our first one in Ottawa on June ninth, and that got uh, a lot of attention um, around the world. It was uh, certainly a turning point in this fight. And uh, we, we're, we've decided to pick it up for the beginning of the school year. And uh, that'll be outside of the Annunciation Catholic School, as well as the Victoria Park Collegiate Institute, um, downtown Toronto. So those will be the two big events we have on the agenda. Awesome. We'll, uh, we'll, 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 be t- we'll, we'll link to that and we'll share those as well. Um, let people know what's going on. I actually plan on being at the event in Windsor on the 20th. Uh, I'm going to be joining a friend or hopefully a couple friends and pastors there as well. So that'll be good. Josh, update us a little bit on uh, Save Canada stuff. I know that we were talking on the phone not that long ago and we were talking about the store and the website being up, up again for people to buy merch to support it. So what should people know about Save Canada and where they can go and grab some shirts and hats and merch or whatever that they can where when they're supporting kind of when they're going about day-to-day life yeah so after uh a lot of trial and error a lot of uh hard work we finally got um a website up um after the old one had failed and uh that one it, it, the new website is savecanada.shop um our, our merch is limited right now i think we've basically just got um hats and bumper stickers at the moment but uh we're, we're working to get uh, some some more shirts up and some more flags and yeah we, we we'll be uh, we'll be promoting all that when it does come but the hats are finally available and I mean that's that's the piece that is getting students kicked out of school and I mean from the from the day one of this school year I got contacted I was hearing that students were in trouble for wearing my hat and uh, so yeah I recommend uh, that uh, whether whether it's my hat or any other symbol or simply just speaking the truth, I recommend the students take that stand and uh, we've provided a pretty uh, simple way for them to do it. Man, that's crazy. Just wearing an innocuous hat that says Save Canna on it in Canadian colors. You're going to get in trouble in yeah. school. But, but you have to understand that that red hat triggers bulls and rabid leftists. <laughs> yes, yes. Both yes. of them yes, indeed. furious when they see that red hat. 
So, Josh, uh, we don't want to take too much of your time. We know you're super busy. Where can people follow you, get to know more about what you're doing? I know uh, your profile is is growing and growing uh, because of the, the stances you've taken. And we're just happy, obviously, to have supported you in all that. So maybe let people know where they can go to uh, get all your stuff and um, how people can also, and this is very important, donate to both you and your parents' legal fees. So how how, how can people support you in, in all that you do? Yeah, so um, to find more information about what I'm doing or to keep updated, obviously my, my social media is the place to go. Um, my Twitter, or I guess X profile now, is, is the place you go. Um, that's official Josh underscore A. You, I'm on other social media as well, Instagram, Facebook, and that stuff. So just all under my name. Um, uh, and then obviously you can go to my website for the um, the the store and the donations and all that kind of stuff and more information about the organization. But as far as legal fees go and uh, my parents' case, in my case, obviously Liberty Coalition Canada has been covering me uh and uh, obviously, we've just got our first victory, and we, we hope to keep that up. We've got plenty of court dates ahead. And, uh, yeah, so go to LibertyCoalitionCanada.com to get any, uh, any more information on that, to follow the case, and also to support it. Awesome, man. Well, God bless you in all your godly troublemaking, sir. Um, we we do really appreciate you coming on, and we hope to see you, uh, you know, relatively short in in the future here. And hope that the Lord blesses the 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 upcoming events that you have with Chris and and others, where you know, in a real grassroots way, we can make our voice heard, and uh, we you you said you've seen the tide begin to change on a lot of this stuff and a lot of these events have woke people up so that's really encouraging to see and we would encourage all our viewers all our listeners if you can participate in these events if you can't if if you can't get to um ottawa or Toronto to do these events. Um, make sure that you, especially when it comes to the Million Man March, you're looking at your local areas uh, t- to support or get involved, or maybe you can support financially, either Josh or his parents and the legal fees. That is what we would suggest you do. Thanks again, brother, for coming on. We really appreciate it, and we love to talk to you. Thank you very much. Now is not the time to sit idly by and hope that our power-driven systems resolve themselves. Not after three and a half years of heartache, loss, and despair. Our families deserve better. Our communities deserve better. Our nation deserves better. We don't expect the government to fix our financial future. We create our own economy. Barter It is a community of people who are passionate about shopping local, freedom of choice, and free speech while creating new pathways for a true parallel economy. Head over to libertycoalitioncanada.com slash barter today and click on Barter It for Individuals. Make sure you sign up to be a VIP before the official launch and get a lifetime subscription, free premium listings, and 1,000 bits to spend in the system. That's $1,500 worth of value for $197. LibertyCoalitionCanada.com slash barter. You know, friends... Here on the dispatch, we've come down pretty hard on the party formerly known as the Conservative Party, and I think, <laughs> you don't say. <laughs> I think with good reasons. Mm-hmm. They unanimously voted in favor of Bill C four, which would put yep. people like me in prison for affirming 
God's biblical design for marriage and sexuality and the Mm -hmm. normative nature of it. Mm-hmm. They really haven't kept a single promise to social conservatives that they've ever made, at least in my lifetime. In fact, in and, fact, Andrew, yep, really, really high-ranking members who are actually going to become leaders of that party said social conservatives are the stinking albatross around the neck of the so-called conservative party. I've I've been described that way before <laughs> in other contexts. Exactly. They're also they're also in many ways pro LGBT, whether that's federal or provincial. We saw the provincial PC party marching in the Pride Comes Before the Fall parade, and the mm. leaders all the way to the tippy top, and even the the quote unquote Christians in the party haven't spoken against the rainbow agenda. So I believe that our criticism of them has been fair. Mm-hmm. However, if and when they get something right, or at least say something that's right and that's a little bit different and seems to be more on the right track than what they've said before, we have to talk about that too. And there are a lot of good things that happen, at least in terms of rhetoric and some of the resolutions at the CPC convention in Quebec last week. So Campaign Life Coalition, who had a delegation attend the convention, endorsed 14 policy resolutions that advanced the cause of, quote, life, family, and freedom. Of those, 13 were passed and are now official policy of the Conservative Party of Canada, at least as the members are concerned. What we're going to see is that these things that were passed don't necessarily have to become legislation. So the leaders of the party are not bound to now create legislation to enforce or to put these resolutions into place but nevertheless these resolutions were passed so jack fonseca in speaking to lifesite news celebrated the fact that the cpc is now quote according to him officially opposed to puberty blockers cross-sex hormones and genital mutilation of children close quote again keep in mind this is the membership of the party made up of christians and other people who oppose this. And you had some in the party who were also saying, yes, we oppose this as well. So, quote, again, this is from Jack Fonseca. Perhaps the most striking victory was the passage of two policies that set the CPC firmly in opposition to gender ideology. In harmony with the parental uprising against LGBT indoctrination in schools that were witnessing across Canada, and especially in Muslim communities, delegates passed policy 1268 committing the Conservative Party to banning the chemical and surgical mutilation of gender-confused children under the age of 18, Fonseca noted. Quote, this wonderful policy to stop child abuse passed with a whopping 69% majority. So that's just over two-thirds majority. That's just barely a supermajority, including a majority of the province. It's amazing that only 69% of people in the so-called conservative membership would vote for for such a policy. Anyways, moving on. uh, Policy resolution C7, which received support from 69% of delegates, again, made the party support for a ban on life-altering and irreversible gender transition for children and teenagers while encouraging, quote, positive mental and physical health support for all Canadians suffering from gender dysphoria and related mental 
health challenges. Meanwhile, Policy Resolution C-15, which added to the party's policy declaration the assertion that, quote, women are entitled to the safety, dignity, and privacy of single-sex spaces, e.g. prisons, shelters, locker rooms, washrooms, and the benefits of women-only categories, e.g. sports, awards, grants, scholarship, that passed with an overwhelming 87% support. 95% of delegates also voted for policy resolution A-16, which made the party oppose DEI hiring practices while supporting the restoration of Quote, merit in Canada's innovation by directing hiring practices associated with federal research funding away from ideology and instead emphasizing first and foremost supporting and retaining Canada's top research talent irrespective of personal immutable characteristics. Resolution A-19, which opposed mandatory DEI training for workers, passed with 81% support. The proposal notes that those employed in the public sector, unions, or self-regulated trades slash professions should not be forced to make affirmations or participate in ideological programs as a condition of employment or practice. So that's some of the proposals, Andrew, that that passed. So this is good stuff. I mean, the the, the fact that the at least the membership is here is good. Mm-hmm. We would obviously hope for more. And mm-hmm. this can this is clearly this can clearly be ascribed to the Christians who haven't jumped ship yet, pushing a lot of these resolutions. So this is good stuff. And mm-hmm. the reality is, well done to the CPC for. Making it policy, so to speak, I guess we'll see. We'll see what happens. So this is good. And we need to say that this is good because you wouldn't you wouldn't see this in any other party. I mean, you yes. wouldn't see this in any other. Well, sorry, let me rephrase that. You wouldn't see this in any other of the main the headliner parties, yeah. parties right? Mm-hmm. The blues, the, PBC, the reds, yeah. the greens or the oranges. Mm-hmm. I mean, you would definitely the see the Christian, the, the Christian Heritage Party would obviously mm-hmm. back these with, I mean, I, I would imagine 100% membership yeah. support yeah the, P- the ppc again you'd see some good support but i mean the, a lot of the a lot of libertarian streak in there might not allow but in any event this is this is a good thing to see mm-hmm. however then we have stuff like this so this is from the globe and mail quote the first openly transgender person to run for the federal conservatives warns that a policy adopted by the party over the weekend could harm gender-diverse children if it ever became law. Now, that sentence right there, that sentence is, it does not compute. The first openly transgender person to run for the federal conservative party, something's wrong. Something's wrong right there, and your ears should be pricked up because you should realize, wait a minute. How can you have the conservative party with someone who's running for the party who believes and promotes ideologies and lifestyles that are destructive and God-hating? And you would be right to be concerned. And Andrew, we also should highlight 
that we talked about Jack Fonseca um, earlier in the program. Well, we had him on the program to talk about the the same conservative party disqualifying Garrett Van Dorland because mm-hmm. he was too pro-life. But the same party will allow an openly transgender well, two person. pro-life and Christian. Yeah, let's well, the, ex- let's make sure we put the two exactly. together. Exactly. So, two so pro-life and Christian. So that's some very important context that I don't want people to forget about mm-hmm. when you're reading the story. That this is yeah. the same party who kicked out or who wouldn't let somebody run because they were too pro-life. They they actually could articulate their pro-life convictions too well, and they were far too Christian um, mm-hmm. as well. So. Just keep that in mind yeah. as so Andrew's we'll keep, talking so, about this. So the Globe and Mail continues. However, Hannah Hodson said she feels it's unlikely the contentious policy would be a top priority for the conservatives if the party is voted into power. So if they win, she's saying, and by she we mean he because the Globe and Mail is super woke and will affirm pronouns that don't belong to the person. So this person is saying, if the conservatives win, I'm not too worried. They're not going to do anything about it, which I kind of agree with. Anyways, quote, if these policies are passed, people are going to die. Um, It it appears that she was on the Canada COVID task force. Uh, Children are going to die in this country without access to any gender affirming care, said Hodson, who ran for the party in the 2021 federal election in Victoria, B.C. Ironically enough, if you continue to promote these policies, children most assuredly will die because they'll probably end up killing themselves because you've destroyed their bodies and they won't be able to reproduce life on their own. So what this person is saying is ridiculous. But again, here is someone running with for the conservative party. And my guess would be while this person is the first, this person is not the last, and it certainly won't just stay at one for a while. So still from the Globe and Mail. Party delegates voted in favor of a future conservative government prohibiting, quote, medicinal or surgical interventions for gender diverse and transgender children on Saturday. The vote came during a three-day policy convention in Quebec City. The proposal, which passed with assent from 69% of the voting members, came from a riding in British Columbia. However, like past leaders, here we go, ladies and gentlemen, Conservative leader Pierre Polyev has said he is not bound to include the policies adopted at party policy conventions into an eventual election platform. Translation, as we've seen in the last 20 years, 30 years, the party leader who says, we want to hear from you, social conservatives. Mm-hmm. Please let us know what you think. Give us your voice. It's a grassroots party, as we're about mm-hmm. to see. It's what the membership says. Pierre Polyev has made it clear. Yeah, but we don't have to do anything about it. We can still do whatever we want to do and make our own decisions. And so the Globe and Mail has to highlight this. And they're an enemy. Mm-hmm. But they highlight it because their woke candidate is running for the conservative party. And then the cherry on top. Of all of this, we have this <laughs> Melissa Lantzman, Polyev's number two or number one, depending on how you think about it. Mm-hmm. This is at the convention. After the resolutions are put forward, some have passed, some have not. This is a portion of an interview 
and let's see what she has to say about all of this. So let me ask you a little bit about some of the other policies that, sure. that are up for debate, um, and specifically around uh, trans rights. There are two two specific policies that will be debated and voted on tomorrow. One is about preventing people or kids under 18 from getting gender-affirming medical procedures, and the other, keep people who are born male out of female sports and change rooms of, of that nature. Um, if those are voted in favor of, if those policies pass, will your party adopt them? Look, we're, we're not going to presuppose the discussions that are happening by members. We're a grassroots party where the membership uh, uh, discusses these policy issues, and we're going to wait till those uh, till those discussions are had. Uh, some of them happen today. Some of them uh, will be voted on tomorrow. What I will say is the Conservative Party believes in the dignity of every single Canadian, no matter where you came from, what language you speak, what colour you are, whether you pray on, on Friday, on Saturday, on Sunday, or not at all. And I think our, our membership, and we will trust our membership to have compassionate conversations about all of these issues. I, I, I certainly take that point, but why are, why are those rights up for debate? Well, look, again, we're a grassroots party and members put forward many, many resolutions. And this isn't your first convention. It is not mine. It is the first for, for many others. And we've seen lots of resolutions uh, debated. But our focus remains the cost of living for Canadians, bringing home uh, homes that people can afford, axing the carbon tax, and getting and restoring the promise of Canada. That's what the majority of the resolutions are. That's the majority of what uh, we are talking about here. And I think that's what you'll hear in uh, in, in maybe a short hour uh, yeah, from right now, whenever I, that is. I, I take your word that, that that's what the, the message that you have and, and that the leader has. But I also remember back in 2019 when you wrote an op-ed about the, the debate that was happening around LGBTQ rights at the time under an Andrew Scheer-led Conservative Party. I look back at it. You said, for the Conservative moment, movement to grow, unequivocal support for LGBTQ people cannot be up for debate. It is up for debate well, look, here tomorrow. Look, this is, a, this is a debate that our members are having. And again, we trust the members to, to, to have these nuanced conversations with compassion and respect, again, the dignity of every single Canadian. I think you've heard that from the leader. I think you've heard that from our leadership team. And I think that you're hearing that from party members. But he won't take a position on it. Well, we haven't discussed it yet. And I mean, it's up to the membership to, 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 right, to vote about so. it. But we're a grassroots party. I know that's I know that's not the case in every other political party, but we're a grassroots party where the membership bring up uh, these issues, uh, and the membership will uh, will discuss it. But your point in that op-ed was the very fact that they are being brought up is detrimental to the idea of the Conservative Party being for all Canadians and being able to grow. And, I, and I that's what's happening there is, again. There's here. actually nothing to suggest, nothing to suggest, nothing that the leader has ever said that makes me question, uh, that makes me question anything on uh, on the dignity of every single Canadian uh, to have the rights and the, uh, and the rights. Well, that's because the members don't haven't taken a position. It hasn't been voted on that. So he can't say where he stands on on something well, like whether I don't or not kids I don't think should have gender to, uh, I don't think it's up to the leader. It's up to the leader to bring forward a plan, but it's not up to the leader uh, to get involved in the in the policy discussions of our membership. Okay. So there, there you have it. What an Such untalented politician, dude! Such dude, a politician, but, though. But a very, so very, apologetic. very untalented politician. I gotta say this. I, I don't. Why are you accepting the premises that are being put forward by clearly? hostile journalists. Vashi is a hostile journalist. You have to understand who you're sitting in front of and be prepared to have a conversation. She's she's just begging the question that so-called trans rights exist to then put you in a position where you have to... 
even the debate about it is un- is is absurd and and mm-hmm. violative of these so-called rights. You basically what the progressives in our nation have done they are like michael scott who just like walk in a room and they say trans rights and then all of a sudden all the trans so-called rights are conferred to the person and it's no longer up for debate (laughs) if conservative politicians cannot undercut the basic premises and the logical fallacies of their media detractors and the other party, how can they possibly articulate their own worldview and defend their positions? They can't. And she's so uncommittal, she's so embarrassed by potentially her membership and apparently 69%, almost a supermajority of her membership. She's so embarrassed by that position. She's not willing to defend it. That's She should have been out of there were front some things, willing to yeah, defend that. Some things that, that, that stood out there that we need to, to bring to everyone's attention. The first one yeah. is, in politician forum, she was asked flat out, does the party support the idea of not cutting off boys' penises, girls' breasts, and sterilizing mm-hmm. them through chemical means. Does your party support the idea of making that not the case in Canada? Not to which really. she should have replied, but she should have replied to everyone who's throwing all their, their hats in for the CPC. She should have said, yeah, that's right. We don't think it's right to sterilize kids. The end. But she didn't say that because she had to do a dance. Now, here's why. Because I don't think she's actually has conviction about that. The same well, thing with the leader. I think well, that it's 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 a, we understand what our base wants and we can't alienate our base, but we're not going to really do anything about this when we come into power because this isn't our thing. And when she began to outline the thing, what did she say? Here's what we're about. Here's what the resolutions are about. Affordable homes, more money mm-hmm. coming home, acts of carbon tax. It's what yeah, I said at the beginning. Pivot. All they are is leftists with slightly better economics. Mm-hmm. That's what you have left when you strip conservatism from a biblical foundation is your 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 leftists that wear blue that say we're going to spend your money a little bit better. Mm-hmm. It's it, it just but the, but what do we expect? I mean, when 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 the public inquiry public inquiry decision came down saying that, yes, the War Measures Act was justified when Polyev was asked. So do you now recant? You know, do you you take away your support for the. For the trucker convoy, what he should have said was, no, I continue to support it. What he did do was a tap dance around how the CBC, you would ask that kind of like this. Mm-hmm. When people are dripping with politician ness mm-hmm. and not giving the answers that you think they should in a principled way. Yeah, this should make you very, very concerned so this is ex- this, like it's amazing kind of undercuts all the good stuff that came out of the convention <laughs> it's amazing that bit. she's she's apparently second best i like i i have to believe in in what i've heard from lanceman over the years it she's was, it was definitely action hire well yeah she's definitely a token hire as far as they're trying to appeal to a broader base um she's also jewish right yeah so they're putting forward oh, a, a jewish uh lesbian as a way to female. virtue signal yeah exactly in in it's it's interesting With the slick to Johnny me Andrew, Bravo haircut it's interesting to me too that Lanceman can't even take a position that a lot of so-called turfs, right, radical, uh, you know, you know, uh, 
trans-exclusionary radical feminists have taken, which actually includes quite a large majority of the lesbian community, because... Abigail Schreier's book Irreversible Damage really points this out a lot of the people who would be like Lansman who would come out as lesbian a lot of these girls that's unpopular now so if Mm -hmm. if you're boyish or you have masculine traits it's much more a cultural cliche or it gives you much more cultural cachet. Um, It's way more trendy to come out as trans and transition either socially or medically and surgically than it is to be lesbian now. So Schreier actually points out to, uh, to her readers and she's very pro LGBTQ. um, She, well, maybe not the T, but uh, (laughs) she's very pro LG LG anyway. Um, that it's actually the L L community that is being hurt by a lot of this. So she can't even articulate that. And that's what really, really caused me to think, man, she's a bad, like she's just bad at this. Like she's an unskilled politician who's totally unable to articulate her worldview. And the question I think that, you know, this should bring for all of us is like, why does this matter? Why are we harping on this? And, And this is what we need to, to, to get to Andrew, it's because if conservatives won't take a bold stance on LGBTQ issues, we'll get rubbish like this from the Tri- Toronto Star with an article titled, quote, it's a privilege, not a right to know your kid's gender identity. It's a hard truth that some kids live with parents who are transphobic. This is from the article. No province should forcibly out gender nonconforming kids to these parents. In the conservative provinces of New Brunswick and Saskatchewan, parental consent is now required before a student under 16 can use their preferred pronouns or name at school. In my own province of Ontario, Education Minister Stephen Leachy has opened the door to similar policies here, saying, quote, parents must be fully involved and fully aware of what's happening in the life of their children so that they can support their kids. Apparently that's offside. The article goes on to uh, to read, but not all kids have the luxury of an LGBTQ to- plus tolerant home, according to the Trevor Project's 2022 national. They're like they're, they're just a they're just a wild eye LGBTQ activist group, and they're being cited as experts. Anyways, according to their national U.S. survey on LGBTQ youth mental health. Fewer than one in three transgender and non-binary youth find their home to be gender affirming. It's a can hard. I just, I just, can I just cut through that euphemism really quick? There, I just yes. want to be clear. Fewer than one in three transgender and non-binary youth find their home to be gender affirming, which means two thirds of all parents haven't lost their friggin' mind. <laughs> yes. Okay? Yeah. Unless and by gender, two thirds. Yeah, two thirds of the parents surveyed believe that their child should not Mm. cut off their genitals and sterilize themselves, meaning they haven't gone totally maniac leftist yet. So they're going to frame it this way, but we're going to frame it the real way. Two-thirds of parents, Mm -hmm. at at least two-thirds, are okay with not abusing their children 
in one of the most and vile, by, awful ways. Again, to cut for, through you for, for euphemisms, by gender affirming, of course, that means reality denying, sex denying, yes. anti-creational. I just wanted to uh, make sure we understand <laughs> yes. the way they're framing it, but what it, what they're actually saying and what it means. And, and it's amazing, too, that they're using American numbers as indicative of Canadian trends, too. Like, do you not understand that there's quite a large cultural gap in the United States of America. Like those numbers really aren't really, really relevant to Canadian politics, but, but as long as it forwards the narrative, obviously Mm -hmm. that's what's going to be used. Um, Anyways, it, it continues here. It's a hard truth that some kids live with parents who are homophobic and transphobic. So stop again. I'm sorry that we have to keep stopping, but it is presupposed that if you will not mutilate your kids or socially transition them, you are anti-LGBTQ, you're transphobic, you're homophobic. That's like full stop. That's the basic presupposition here. So if, you, if you're if you one of those two-thirds of parents who are not totally insane, you are, by this reasoning, homophobic and transphobic. That's just that, okay? In the worst cases, abusive, they're abusively so. That's not defined. Anyways, no province should be making policies to forcibly outgender non-conforming kids to these parents. Continuing on, if you truly are the sort of parent to support your kid's gender identity, you don't need a policy to codify your rights to do so. You simply need to be open, kind, caring, and create a safe space for your kid to be themselves. And apparently, being themselves doesn't include their biology, right? Because this is a Gnostic cult. If you do that, they'll share their gender identity with you before they share it with their school. But not everyone is that sort of parent. So those of us who are are need to be or to band together to make sure that the most important rights in this discussion, the rights of the children to freely express their gender, are upheld and uplifted. Now that is totally not everyone, absurd. Yeah, not everyone is that kind of parent, which again, yes. what, what, what they mean is some parents believe mm-hmm. that their children don't get to decide magically what their gender is. Mm-hmm. Some parents are rational and rational enough to believe and to say to their sons, you're a boy and I'm mm-hmm. thankful that you're a boy. And, Daddy, I'm a bat. You're not a bat. I'm a <laughs> I'm a robot now. You're not yeah. a robot. Like, I'm, and all mm-hmm. I'm doing is just bringing up examples from my own family. I'm I'm now. I this is what I am now. I'm a I'm a little puppy, right? Like my daughter at one point would just kind of crawl around on all fours mm-hmm. and bark. Like I'm not going to say, oh, looks like your other kin. Looks like it's time yeah. to. Like so, some parents are responsible, and they say, no, no, no you're a boy, you're a girl, and we're not going to cut your bits off. Mm-hmm. But again, the way the article says it is not everyone is that sort of parent. Not everyone supports the abuse and mutilation of their children. Those awful conservative parents. Like but, what, a but, pe- what, a, but, what a what a what a piece of garbage article. Andrew, I want to touch Card. on that though because it's not just conservative parents, right? It, it even in the 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 context of the United States of America. We're talking two-thirds of parents. Do you actually think two-thirds of parents in the United States of America, uh, in the gen pop, are anti-LGBTQ? No. 
not even not even close so this is parents who are probably very okay with the lgbtq the rainbow flag all that stuff they're not opposed to that but are simply opposed to transitioning children Mm -hmm. against biological reality and god's created norms they're just against that part and that means therefore they're anti lgbtq they're transphobic they're homophobic this is where we're at and this is a this is a dangerous calculus Mm -hmm. for these left-wing progressives to pull because now you're stepping on parental rights of every single canadian citizen whether and this is going to wake some people up to making up like like up rights children do not have the quote-unquote right to freely express their gender no what on earth no that's not a that's that's not a right that that's no. not and this idea even the beginning and, of that last paragraph if you're you don't need a policy to codify your right to do so hold, stop stop you can't make up and take away rights god mm-hmm. defines what rights are yeah he has determined what people have a right to mm-hmm. and the job of the state is not to create or give or here you we, we can allow you no 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 this this whole thing is all backwards and 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 as you're saying it sets up a very dangerous precedent for the creating of rights and then the punishing people who don't uphold or defend yeah. these newly created rights. And and Andrew, it's it's even worse than that because they're making up rights that that don't that don't exist that are certainly not legally codified um, that go against everything that we know about the fiduciary responsibility of guardianship of parents over children, like children, because they're minors, because they're dependents and because they're in a guardianship relationship to their parents, they don't have within the household relationship, the same rights as everyone else, uh, like as actual adults. That's why, I mean, a man that we just had to talk to on the program had to apply to the government to get uh, out of his guardianship relationship and arrangement with his parents so that he could himself go before the court and argue an appeal. Like, this is totally contrary to all the laws, all the understanding that we have between this guardianship relationship, this this uh, dependent relationship that that parents and children have, this is total nonsense. And it, but the, the, but the crazy part is it gets worse because it's saying um, the right of kids to freely express their gender, but that's euphemistic. Again, that's not the mm-hmm. case. The, you can. There's nobody's trying to say you can't do this thing. You can't force me to accept it, <laughs> and you can't take away my right as a parent to know that my kid is doing that. Nobody's saying that even in these discussions that you can't do that. Nobody's trying to force somebody to not do that. It's just you have to inform the parents, just like you have to inform them if they take a Tylenol or anything like that in school. You have mm-hmm. to inform them if you're socially transitioning them. But That's Matt, what the reality. Else, what, else, what else would we expect from a state that doesn't understand the different institutions and spheres in our culture mm-hmm. and how they relate to one another and operate. Because the same state mm-hmm. that thinks it can tell the church to suspend worship or the same, the same state that thinks it can tell families what to put on their faces and where they can or can't travel 
mm-hmm. is the same state that now is saying, oh, these are the rights of your children, and this is what you can and can't do. And mm-hmm. obviously, the Toronto Star, CBC, CTV, which are just the state-funded propaganda yeah. arms of the state, mm-hmm. are just parroting the Absolutely. kind of narrative and the beliefs of the state, which is we get to decide how these spheres operate and interact. So and we what be rights surprised by what we see and yeah. what rights are and what rights belong to people yep. where it, the entire idea of rights is rooted and grounded in natural negative rights that are not created by the state, but pre-exist the state. So to speak in rights language like this, all we're talking about is privileges granted by the the state to people it's not rights this is the opposite of what we talk about when we talk about mm. god ordained natural negative rights and canadians need to wake up to this these types of rights are actually totally antithetical to the type of rights that i just laid out there and it is subversive of the rights and freedoms of, of every canadian citizen no matter your political background that, that's the reality of the situation and why it's so important to understand these things. Well, let's move on. Separating money from the state is a core tenet of Bitcoin's ethos, a permissionless network where the individual is in full control and accountable for his own property. Bull Bitcoin, Canada's most trusted exchange since 2013, is built around this ethos and leverages it in its mission to end central banks forever. At Bull Bitcoin, where security and priority privacy are priority, they take it upon themselves to help empower individuals with the most potent form of money the world has ever known. Head to mission.bullbitcoin.com slash LCC today and get started with your account's creation. Contact Bull's best in the business customer support team at any point throughout the process to request assistance. Mission.bullbitcoin.com slash LCC. Take control of your money. So we didn't necessarily plan on talking about the corrupt and evil state that doesn't understand rights or the appropriate boundaries and borders <laughs> of the enumerated powers given it to it by God. But mm-hmm. the Lord providentially led us to that discussion as we move to the last thing we wanted to talk about on our episode today, which is our health czars who are pushing very hard for COVID forever. Now, this is from Mm -hmm. the Western Standard, and no, this is not 18 months ago. Quote, Health Canada has authorized the use of a Moderna spike vax COVID-19 vaccine targeting the Omicron XBB.1.5 subvariant for people, I'm not making this up, six months of age and older. Health Canada received Moderna's submission for its new COVID-19 vaccine in June, according to a Tuesday statement. After a thorough, independent review of the evidence, I'm sorry, I couldn't, I thought I'd be able to hold it together through that without laughing at the insanity of that statement, knowing everything we know about the jabs. But after a thorough, independent review of the evidence, probably put forward by someone who benefits financially from the shot it said it determined the vaccine meets its stringent safety efficacy and quality requirements because apparently having your heart not blow up and not having blood clots into you know ad infinitum 
that 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 that's okay. That's a part of stringent quality requirements. Western Standard continues. People five years of age and older should receive one dose regardless of their COVID-19 vaccination history. This is according to Health Canada. Children between six months and four years of age should receive two doses if they've not been vaccinated or one dose if they have been with one or more doses. Health Canada acknowledged it is reviewing submissions from Pfizer seeking authorization of their COVID-19 vaccine targeting the Omicron XBB.1.5 for people six months of age and older. And I'm wondering, Matt, when they're going to create the booster to target, as my friend has said, the BS.24.7.37 variant of the virus. I'm wondering when that one will will come down well well it, sh- it should be noticed andrew uh, that actually this um variant that these jabs are are are, are supposedly targeting that uh xbb 1.5 whatever it is um, isn't that the one that jimmy jimmy not jimmy kimmel isn't that the one that uh, jimmy fallon did the dance to it, he was on the Tonight Show, the XBB.1.5, like it was in this soulless, dead-eyed, like just throwing him money, and they, yeah. they don't want him. He doesn't want him to kill him and his family. That was this one, right? So that's like – that was like eight months ago. Well, yeah. It was, so, so that's 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 the what it, where I was going with it. It's already um, a variant that is has already been overcome and will by the time they roll any of this out, it's going to be, a, you know, a defunct variant that is pretty much out of out of circulation. But yet. Here we are. Yeah. You so know, none of that matters. Don't yeah. let don't let the science and the facts get in, yeah. in the way of the ideology. Celebrating <laughs> yeah. the good news of Moderna about to make a whole lot of more money mm-hmm. is our own Dr. Fauci covered in a nice, bright, white, shiny N95 mask. And I want to say for these next clips, I have to say this as well whenever we have clips of our prime fascist. If you're driving, if you're operating heavy machinery, if you're prone to spontaneous vomiting (laughs) or sudden fainting, and you're prone to fits of curling up in the fetal position crying, you may want to sit down, have a nap, come back at this tomorrow. You have been forewarned. Let's watch the first clip. Can I, before we do that, can I just say, I actually would prefer Fauci. Fauci's got a little spunk. He's like combative. There's like, like, like uh, Tam is like, I, what, what what I would assume eating sawdust is like in a person. Preferring Fauci would be like saying, I'd prefer (laughs) having my skin burned off than having my fingernails ripped out. So yes, yeah, I I mean, yeah, that's fair. Yeah. I'm just saying. Anyways, yeah. here's the first clip. Point, point taken. Yes, so with the regulatory authorization, the manufacturer, in this case Moderna, will start mobilizing uh, vaccines to Canada. And most provinces and territories are planning uh, to begin the, the COVID-19 programs at around the same time as the influenza program. So we expect they're probably aiming for the beginning of October or thereabouts. And some, But that will vary a little bit, so you do have to check locally. So there you have it. Moderna has made 
the booster for the older, the older variant, and Health Canada finally says, "Yeah, we there, there's let's put that in in everyone's arms." So, uh, mm -hmm. th by the way, th these clips we're going to show you are all from the same press conference. So let's continue watching. Again, if if after that first one you've fallen over in a convulsing seizure, we apologize. <laughs> let's uh, let's continue. With today's authorization. NACI is reaffirming its guidance on the use of COVID-19 vaccines this fall. NACI recommends authorized age groups get an updated COVID-19 vaccine dose this fall, six months after the last vaccine dose or infection. Provinces and territories will be providing additional information on COVID-19 and seasonal flu vaccine availability in their respective regions. We will have enough supply of the updated COVID-19 vaccines to support immunization programs across Canada. The Omicron variant continues to evolve, with XBB subvariants such as EG.5 continuing to circulate in Canada and globally. Canada has also reported 11 cases of the Omicron subvariant BA.2.86. Here's some good news. Preliminary clinical data have shown promising immune responses from the XBB.1.5 vaccine, the vaccine receiving regulatory authorization today, against various Omicron sublineages, including EG.5 and BA.2.86. This improved immune response is expected to better protect against the strains that are circulating in our communities. If, ha if ha it has been more than six months since your last dose of COVID-19 vaccine or your last infection, your protection from the virus may have waned. Receiving a COVID-19 vaccine dose this fall with an updated formulation is expected to increase individual protection against infection, symptoms, and severe disease. This is particularly important for people at increased risk of severe outcomes, such as people 65 years and older individuals with underlying medical conditions, pregnant people, and those living or working in congregate living settings. Vaccination in combination with personal protective measures are integral tools to reduce the negative impact of respiratory illnesses. This is especially important as we head into the colder months, when people spend more time indoors and the risk of respiratory illness increases. Andrew, at this point, what are the, what are they trying to vaccine like vaccinate against? Right, this, the, 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 we've seen positive immune response. Oh, yeah. by the way, it, by the way, you 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 still need to keep getting them because they don't work. Yes. Oh, we're going to ignore we're going to ignore that study that come, came out of England that's saying mm -hmm. that after the rollout of the jab. 95 percent of all the people who died were fully injected. We're going to mm -hmm. forget about that. Um, We're going to ignore that, ignore natural that, immunity. That, yeah, that, that that bastion of integrity with fifteen <laughs> of the sixteen people on the board with conflicts of interest for the big pharma companies. Nasi is approved, <laughs> and oh, by the way, it's pregnant people. We can't even say pregnant women. And something mm -hmm. else I noticed too, and we can talk about this maybe more after the next clip. Mm -hmm. But remember back in the day when at least they would talk, they would taste, take their mask off, and then cover up. Mm -hmm. There's a part of me that thinks that the reason why they're leaving their masks on when they talk now is because 
they want to let us know, no, no, guys, it is really serious. We can't even take our, we were wrong last time when we thought we could take our masks off when we could eat and when we could talk. Yeah. But now we need to leave it on the whole time. So let's watch, let's watch <laughs> this last clip and then we'll, uh, We'll, well land the but, COVID but, boogeyman plane. But before we go, because the, the reason I asked that question, like, In what the are we airport of a vile swamp of like what what are the vaccines protecting us against? Because like everybody's had COVID, right? Everybody has natural immunity, which is is what vaccines try and mimic, right? That's the whole idea is that they're trying to mimic natural immunity um, because of its durability and its effectiveness to attenuate and, and protect yourself us from, from individual responsibility and freedom. Well, well, and then we already know that none of these boosters, none of these so-called vaccinations protect us from actually getting the yeah. virus and spreading it. So at this point, like, like it, the outcomes aren't severe. It, mm. It's not protecting you against getting it. So, yeah. so They're what protecting are protecting us against critical thinking and people <laughs> using their brains? Honestly, that's the only like that's the only thing I can think of. Like, it's not going to protect you against stop, uh, getting it and being able to spread it. Uh, the the outcomes aren't severe, so it's not as though it's it's really saving your life in any particular measure. Like it is literally at this point, a political tool to virtue signal. And these are not well studied. They're not well tested. They're totally unproven. And that's, that's what people are going to do to virtue signal craziness at this point. It's, but they're still doing it. I, I mean, it's amazing that they're still trying to go through this whole process and proving us and our crazy conspiracy theories right yet again. I'm, I'm struggling for one that they haven't proved right. Anyways, here's the last clip. Just as a follow-up, and sorry to cut you off, but I just wanted to take note. You're all, you're all masking, which is lovely to see, of course, but most government ministers are, are not now. Most MPs are not. Most people on the street are not masking. Is, is there any specific guidance on that going forward at, at this point? Yes, Theresa Tam. So um, it is a layer of protection. We hope people have developed the habit to be able to use masks as needed during the respiratory virus season, not just for COVID, but for all the other um, respiratory pathogens that will be transmitted around this time. So I do think now is the time to get your masks ready if you don't already have them. Um, in our own particular context, we certainly in our area, there's been an uptick in some of the COVID-19 indicators. Uh, for me personally, there, there have been cases around, um, you know, my, even my work colleagues. So uh, that's one of the reasons uh, why we are wearing masks today. My work colleagues who have seven boosters who wear masks, yeah, they still get sick, which is why I'm wearing a mask and getting eight boosters. Just like, just think, eh? like just, we all have seven boosters and we're wearing masks and they still got sick, which is why we're telling you mm. to get eight boosters and wear a mask. Man, it's so ridiculous. And I, I don't know if you caught that little bit there. In the, oh, I caught it you know, all. We hope, we hope people, not you, Matt, you're, 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 you're sharp. You're, uh. you're sharp as attack. So. Um, that little bit there where we hope people have the habit of wearing it during respiratory illness season. Mm -hmm. Now, when is respiratory illness season? Well, that's October to March. You mean half the year? Correct. Yes. So, yes. so we are hoping that people now have built the habit 
of muzzling their faces for six months of the year in Canada and getting boosters, even though a whole bunch of my frenzies, according to mm. Dr. Fauci of the North, they still got sick. It, and that, it, that reporter, that, 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 oh, that's, well, that's, that's, okay. That's what I want to touch on. I'm Andrew. so Let, glad you're all wearing your masks. I mean, there are so many well, people who aren't afraid. Why can't they be more afraid like me and be status like me? Wouldn't that be wonderful? How dare they be fearless, normal people? Well, is what I he mean, said, I mean, that's what we have to touch on. Like that's why this type of media needs to exist, and we need people to support us to exist because this is how insane our media is. They're totally uncurious about the the safety pr uh, procedures, the the conflicts of interest with NASI and these big pharma co companies, with the fact that the vaccines, the masks don't work, and like multiple studies after multiple studies, collective studies with like 72, 48, not like hundreds of studies are coalescing to show none of the lockdowns work, the masks don't work, the vaxes so-called don't work. The the media is totally uninterested in any of that stuff they are very interested in what what guidance can you tell canadians about putting on their masks because it's really good to see please, three individuals please, up. please daddy daddy me harder please yeah, i mean we're, me we're doing more, our best please. jimmy fallon yeah. uh robot uh yeah. covid propagandist impression um which apparently he's a jerk. Uh, that's you know that's what we're learning. You know he's a jerk and people hate working for him. And it, so let me <laughs> let me let me let me give let me give you our dear audience. You know this already. Let me give you some advice. I'm not a medical expert, right? I'm I I I'm no in no position to give which, advice like doctor. Which Andrew, but I, but, Andrew yeah, the fact that first. you're not a medical expert is probably at this point, you know. Yeah. It shows that you know something. I was about I was going to say I'm not a, I'm not a medical expert, but I can read. Yes, and my eyes work, especially with my glasses on. So mm -hmm. let me. This is for you, our audience, and this is for your your friends and loved ones. I want you to look at those those three clips again after you clean up the the, the pile of vomit around you, and I want you to show these clips to your friends, and then I want you to say. We commit ourselves to doing the exact opposite of everything that they are saying we should do in these clips, and you'll be fine. That's really what it comes down to. Amen. <laughs> everything that you hear from our health officials, mm -hmm. that you hear from the experts, from our elected officials, from our prime hypocrite, everything they tell you about what to do regarding COVID and the jabs and the masks and the boosters, everything, just say this. As long as I do the exact opposite of everything they're saying, I'll mm -hmm. be fine. I'll be better off. And, and you will be good. So so that's that's really it. That is the application of our episode today mm -hmm. with at this particular point. Don't be everything a cog. They, yeah. And, and not only this, everything they tell you about gender, marriage, and sexuality, believe the opposite. Let's bring it all back, okay? Mm -hmm. Everything they tell you about transitioning and tranny stuff and, and gender-affirming care and sexuality, believe the opposite and teach your kids the opposite. You'll be just fine. Everything they tell you to do, with regard to um, th this COVID stuff, and as we're seeing now, and rightfully so, with a lot of what they're saying in the medical parade, it appears that many, many of our medical practitioners are captured, 
or mm-hmm. not doing their own research. And so I think we need to <clears throat> take everything mm-hmm. with a healthy dose of skepticism. Yeah. Believe the, the opposite. Of salt. Do the opposite. You'll be. I, I think you'll be just fine. You'll mm-hmm. be okay. Don't be a little status. <clears throat> don't parrot the narrative. You'll be fine. And don't comply. And, uh, yeah, don't comply. comply. Please don't comply. I, I, I want to say this quickly, Matt, and then I'll let you finish mm-hmm. up. I was chatting with a bunch of pastors. Um, they, I, I'd seen this video of of Dr. Teresa Tam, and then pastors were sharing it, and they were saying so. And these are pastors across the country, and they're like, so, are we going to gather together and have like massive mask burning uh, <laughs> events where we're just going to have a pile of masks and and light them on fire? Now that's a little on the nose, much like a mask. That's <laughs> a little on the nose, um, and I'm not in principle opposed to that personally. I think if someone said, hey. Do you want to come to a mask burning event? I might, I might go. That sounds like something fun. But mm-hmm. nevertheless, uh, uh, that symbolizes: do not comply, do yeah. not comply, do not put on the mask, do not bend. It doesn't matter what they withhold. It doesn't matter what they take from you. You will be better to be a free man or woman with your conscience intact, operating mm-hmm. out of integrity, <clears throat> doing what you know to be true. And not bowing to the will of petty, unscientific, lawless mm-hmm. tyrants. And at this That's point, have to say. at this point, guys, if you're complying, like, what's wrong with you? You know, like, the evidence is out. We know all this stuff. You cannot comply. You cannot be a cog in the machine. You have to destroy the machine by refusing to comply with all these stuff. And that means just just not going along with it. Just you you have to force the other side to defend their position now because it's totally indefensible all the data everything is on our side we have to stop playing this game because that's the only way we're going to get our lives back to normal because if we don't do that guys what andrew said is the reality six months of every single year you will be being forced to wear masks in various places across across our country. That's the and reality. Another booster, Every mask year. and a booster. Yeah. Well, the booster, but like you have to understand, like grocery stores, hospitals, all these things. A lot of these people are unthinking, uncritical. They're going to get recommendations. They're going to put them in place, and that's going to put the, the pressure on you to comply when you go to various restaurants or other places like this to do that thing. Just don't do it. Just say, no, thank you. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not going to do that. And then let them do whatever they're going to do. Because if they're going to be aggressive to you, if they're going to, we got to fight. We got to fight back. Yeah. Bring lawsuits, sue them, f- fight, make make them defend these positions and make them forcibly and tyrannically ram these mandates and things down on you. That's what we've got to do. That's honestly what we've got to do. And even then still don't comply. Yes, exactly. <laughs> even then don't comply. <laughs> yeah. And, and the reason we should not comply is because we're freed people in Christ mm-hmm. And it's for freedom that Christ has set us free. So we shouldn't, we shouldn't give into this stuff. We should stand firm and never again submit ourselves to a yoke of slavery. Until next time, everybody. God bless. Liberty Dispatch has been brought to you in partnership with Liberty Coalition Canada and Christian Week, and has been produced by SDG Media. 
You can find all things Liberty Coalition Canada at libertycoalitioncanada.com.